0: Sounds 80s. Like,
1: who's the boss? Who's the boss? (laughs) Tony Danza, (laughs) Judith Light, Judith Light, Alyssa Milano. Every teenage boy in our generation's big celebrity crush. Alyssa Milano. Most. Most, most. Not everybody, yeah. Um. I used to I used to love Wednesday nights because Who's the Boss would come on, Perfect Strangers would come on that night. Yeah, uh, a couple other shows. Yeah, on ABC. That was ABC. Yeah, ABC. Yeah. They ruled Wednesday night when we were growing up.
0: Yep. We were playing recently the Family Ties theme song, which we haven't played yet. It's also a classic. And this and and Who's the Boss are almost exactly alike. Same kind of feeling, same kind of tone. Same composer. Same composer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same singer, same band, same background band. Oh, gosh.
0: Tony Danza. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Joel and Rob's podcast of... Ryan McLaren's great book, We Make the Road by Walking. We are at the end of the first section of his book, which was called Alive in the Story of Creation. The last chapter, which is chapter 13, which is called The Great Conversation. And here... This is a great conversation. This is a great conversation. And here... um, Brian digs into the prophet Isaiah and just the first chapter and the first five, five verses of chapter two. And so we should probably take a step back and talk a little bit about Isaiah and where we are in um, In the story of the Bible, in particular, story of the Old Testament, yeah, and and acknowledge that a
1: dog just barked. And
0: acknowledge a dog just barked. (laughs) Life Um, in the church is always, yeah. Well, hope my computer doesn't crash this time. Yeah. Um.
1: And so, um. So what's going on with um, Isaiah here?
0: Yep. So uh, let's take a step back to, um, uh end of Genesis and um, uh, Joseph um, and... Well, Jacob. Jacob, sorry, and his 12 sons. And those eventually form the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. They eventually... uh,
1: um, Become a nation.
0: Become a nation. And um, although I believe it was God does not want um, them to have a king... Israel chooses to have a king and that leads to King David or King Saul, sorry, and then King David and then King Solomon. Yep. Um, and they all have their their issues. They all have their gifts and skills, but they also have As their good as they are, they still too. did
1: messed up stuff. Kinda like you and me and everybody else. Yep. Good people do bad things.
0: Yep. And eventually, um, eventually, the kind of infighting and quarrelling and conflict within Israel
1: politics, uh, frankly, the politics of of the tribe gets the best of them, and they break
0: into two kingdoms: Mm -hmm. with Israel, um, the above kingdom and the northern kingdom, Judah, the southern kingdom, Um, and Israel compromises. Ten of those twelve tribes, mm-hmm. uh, and Judah, um, which is where Jerusalem is housed, yes. as the final two.
1: Very importantly, yep, because they still have the Great Temple in Jerusalem. They do,
0: yep. Um, uh, Israel forms a new capital, um, and so there's, they each have their own capital in Samaria. Um, Wasn't it? Uh, maybe I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But that leads into um, that leads into the book of Isaiah. Yes, um, and Isaiah and Judah now find themselves as small, little nations surrounded by growing empires.
1: Yeah, Brian does a great job here, like talking about the size. Well, of these tiny little. I nations. loved it.
0: He says, "How could Israel and Judah, each smaller than present day Jamaica, Qatar, or Connecticut?" Hope to your serve your home, my state. home state. It tells you how big they were—the size of Connecticut, which you can drive through in a couple hours. Yeah, they didn't right? stand
1: a chance against yep. these giant empires all around them.
0: Yep. So they had um, uh, Assyria, th- the Empire the of
1: Assyria, Babylon. Uh, Babylon, to the Babylon the east. was
0: growing. Yep. Assyria was the dominant one at the time,
1: and then beyond Babylon, even further east, was the Persians. He knows yes. really well, and that's important. Uh, we, we will learn next week because of yep. everything that happens with Babylon and it, uh, and all three
0: and Judah. of those empires, and then play Egypt's
1: a part. to their south, and mm-hmm. um, uh, of course the Mediterranean Sea is to their west. You know, he paints the picture so well; it's amazing that they held on for as long as they did. Yeah, yeah, it's a good I mean, point. They are these are they're like giant, tiny little mosquitoes. Yep, in the geopolitical world that surrounded them. Yeah. But yes. so when they divided, right, into Northern and Southern Kingdom, that just made them all the weaker because they didn't get along. It's not like they were um, – it was U.S.-Canada with good, healthy relations, right? Mm-hmm. They split. They – the Northern Kingdom – fractured. Yeah, the Northern Kingdom um, yep. actually aligned itself with uh, – the Assyrians at one point, to attack the south, if yes. I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really remarkable that each of these tiny little tribes, or tiny little nations, hung on for as long as they did. Yeah. The Assyrians, we know, eventually overtook the northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, the northern kingdom was never to be heard from again. The ten tribes just kind of assimilated into the Assyrian empire. But what yep. I never knew, what I thought was... Fascinating is how Brian explained how you know how these assimilated Hebrews um, and and the Assyrians and the Assyrians how they um, interspersed in the population and uh, these this kind of mixed culture is what led to the formation of the Samaritans who we learn in the New Testament were despised by quote unquote uh, pure Hebrews. Yes. Yep. And I never under I never knew that it goes back to the Northern Kingdom and the Assyrians. Yep. And that was fascinating. And oh, and that was I'd love
0: to know where he learned that, what um what he was reading to get that. But it makes sense though, doesn't it? Well it makes sense where that, that hatred and animosity was would, would come from. Yeah. You know? Um of of the first century Jews hating uh, um,
1: Samaritans um,
0: because of what they they represented such a such a horrible part of their past. Oh, I thought it was
1: fascinating. And then the Southern Kingdom. Um, well, I'll, we pick up with Isaiah. Yes. And the one thing I would say is that it's important to understand that Isaiah is prophesying to the Southern Kingdom of Judah. Yep. So when you read the prophet Isaiah in scripture, everywhere it says Israel, that's really the southern kingdom. Right. It's the southern kingdom of Israel, which is called Judah. That's where it gets confusing. Yeah, yes. it does get very confusing.
0: Yep, It's confused me, because I at times thought he was speaking to the northern kingdom, but he is speaking to Judea, where he is situated. Yeah. 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 So a little bit about Isaiah before we uh, dive into McLaren's chapter. Um and so he, uh, Brian will talk about this in the next chapter, chapter 14, but um, uh, most scholars would uh, agree, as we were taught this in seminary, that mm-hmm. Isaiah is broken up into three sections um, with at least three different writers, and each section is written at a particular time in Judah's in Judea's history,
1: yeah,
0: uh, and so um, chapter one through thirty-nine um, is written just as the northern kingdom of Israel is about to be conquered by Assyria. Um, the second section, um, which is chapters forty to fifty-five, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I would just add on to that. It's not only written right before the northern kingdom is about to be conquered by Assyria. It's also written with Babylon on the doorstep about yeah. to conquer Judah.
0: That's a good point. Yep. Yep. Babylon is in is um, throughout uh, the first section of Isaiah. You could say Babylon continues to grow, continues to get closer They're on the doorstep. to Judea. And Isaiah
1: sees it. Yep. And first Isaiah is a portion where basically... The prophet is telling Judah, Hey, straighten up and fly and fly straight because trouble is brewing and you're in for a world of hurt unless you change your way yes. radically and quickly.
0: So Isaiah one through thirty-nine is there is a, a lot of judgment T-times. that is heaped on um
1: and that's what we read today, uh, yes, uh, or with this chapter, Isaiah one and two.
0: There's judgment, and we'll get to it in a second. There's judgment, but there's also um, there's also a, uh, a a good amount of invitation to Judea to live a different way, too, mm-hmm. um, in terms of how they worship, and not just that you are disobeying the Lord and and um, living lives that are. Um, absent from your calling as um, as Jews but um, a different way to live an mm-hmm. invitation to live a different way which well is said.
1: W- which is good so um, it's not just you're damned it's it not is, there is a better way and we'll get there in a second
0: yep um, so then the second section of Isaiah is chapters 40 to 55 and mm-hmm. this takes place after the southern kingdom Judea has been conquered they have been conquered by, by Babylon. Babylon they've yep. come in they've they've' Um they have conquered them, and then they've taken the vast majority of them, or at least mm-hmm. a good chunk, back to Babylon yep. to live in exile mm-hmm. um, and this second Isaiah, this second um, prophet, speaks to the um, Judean exiles in Babylon, yes, okay so then you you said before um, we had assyria, we had Babylon, we had Persians. And so Persia then
1: comes. Oh, I got that wrong when I was talking about it. Yeah, Persia. Persia then conquers
0: conquers Babylon. Yes. And Persia. Thank you. Persia seems to be a little kinder and gentler, and they allow the the Judean exiles in Babylon to go back.
1: I don't know if they're kinder. I think they have a. Just a different approach to treating the the, the little mosquitoes and gnats that they yeah, conquer along yeah, the way yeah so they it, it was all political for them, but that's true that's a good point they uh, they're
0: still a conquering empire
1: yeah as, and I'm sure the they, Babylonians
0: would would disagree with the statement kinder in general <laughs> I think that's fair well
1: right? and it's just it, it, they so they let Israel go home from yep from the from being an exile but they were still under essentially per the Persian thumb. Yes, they weren't. They weren't completely free.
0: They, exactly, and that's a really good point to make. They were not free, and they continue to not be free throughout the rest of the Bible.
1: Yeah, and yes. through Scripture, the, the Rome eventually has the empire of all empires, and, yes. and then they're under Rome's.
0: The Greeks. Conquer them eventually. The Seleucids conquer them, and then Roman, the Roman Empire comes in and conquers them. Thank you. So they they go back to, um, they go back to 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 Judah and and Jerusalem and are allowed to um, live their lives there again. So the Mm -hmm. third Isaiah, which is chapters I think fifty six to sixty six, maybe portion. Yeah. Yep, is all about um, how do we rebuild amidst the ruins of yeah. this city that was once ours this temple that was once ours mm-hmm. that we that that they completely situated god and the temple together god was and
1: located it, in that temple
0: and it lies in ruins so that is a quick crash course of Isaiah. the book of Isaiah
1: <laughs> yep and and this is also why Isaiah is, by the way folks is situated where it is it's why the old testament is ordered the way it is, you have we we have to read Genesis to understand Exodus, and then yeah. we have to read Exodus to understand the the history of the nation of Israel, which gets told in Joshua and Judges, and then First and Second Kings talks about all the kings that the Northern and Southern Kingdom goes into. Yep. and then once you understand the history, you get into the prophets. Yes, um, and the prophets are prophesying to the people and the kings during that historical time of the kings. They're prophesying to the nations mm-hmm. or to the nation mm-hmm. uh, in a very specific historical context. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. yep, and, I, and Brian gets into this. I'm not sure it's in this chapter. And I'd heard it before, too, That um, uh, that the vast majority of the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament, or a lot of it, at least, is written... In exile, yep. You know it's written when they were um, captives,
1: so they don't lose their history.
0: Yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yep, and that frames the story in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, chapter twelve. Um, what thirteen? Thank you. Chapter thirteen. <laughs> what jumps out at you uh, from this chapter? <clears throat>
1: Well, I love how he came out and basically kind of shared what we just shared. It's like we talked about this when we talked about last chapter uh, 12 is that when we read scripture, it it really is not helpful to come with an agenda or to try and paint things into a binary category. Right. Mm -hmm. It's true or false fact or fiction. He he says very plainly um, on page 58, even the great. Greatest of the great heroes like Moses and David, even they did some pretty messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's good and there's bad. The truth is, there's bad in even the greatest among us. Yeah. And there's good even in those who we think are despicable and horrible. Yeah. Uh, so it's not in us, them. And I, he, he really does a great job of pointing that out. He
0: he does it, i had me thinking of um uh this book i just read on parenting called bless this mess and the mm. author molly basket she's a ucc pastor now in california she talks about how how to frame the conversation with your kids about good and bad and how you're watching uh a movie and and her son would say oh so that's that's the bad person right and that's the good person. And she talks about slowly trying to reframe it to, no, we all were created in the image of God as good people. And yet we make bad often choices. very poor decisions. Yeah. And so to try and uh, kind of challenge this good versus bad uh, dichotomy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a great section. What else spoke to you in, in this chapter? Um He's on the second page um, he talks about um, that as the people changed and evolved, um, that their understanding of God also changed and evolved. Mm-hmm.
1: He did a really good job of painting that out here he d-
0: he really did um, uh, and he talks about um, how each each situation in um, uh, in Israel's history from Abraham and his family to Moses leading all the way up to um, to now the story of Isaiah each is describing a different aspect of God but it's but it's 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 changing and evolving as their circumstances change and their understanding of who God is to them in those moments mm-hmm. are changing. Yes. Um and I think that's it. A- a- as they go through different experiences in their um in this journey God is revealed to them. And I think maybe that's maybe that's a, a- another way to say it. Um uh, instead of as their understanding of God evolved and changed, which is fine, you can say that, but um, their understanding of God changed as different life circumstances impacted them.
1: Our own perspectives, right, which are shaped by the culture in which we live, the time and place, you know, the historical setting in which we live, Mm -hmm. they shape our perspective. They shape the way we see the world around us, they and they inevitably shape the way we interpret our reality, including God. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it I think it makes perfect sense, and He's doing a great job with 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 highlighting this. You know, we can only see God through the lens before us. Mm-hmm. You know, God's bigger and greater than than that lens, and that lens is going to, you know, you look at something through a blue. You know, blue sunglasses and everything has a tinge of blue. You look at something through red sunglasses, everything has a tinge of red. Yes. Yep. You know, it, culturally, that's that's the way in which we are encountering God. We're, we're encountering God limited by our own setting and our own perspective. And as that changes throughout history and time, so too does Scripture's picture of God.
0: Yeah. Yep. And to, to, to name that, that, that it's only natural to do that, to look, to look through the lens that you have, mm-hmm. to see life, but also understand God. Um, Richard Rohr, uh, the um, Franciscan Catholic priest, says, when you're doing that, when you know that God hates all the people that you hate, too.
1: Yeah, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Isn't that so true, though? Yeah. You know, that you are looking through uh, that and that particular lens of how to understand God, looking through how you see
1: life when God hates everyone that you hate. And how often do we think, do we just assume that, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, God, so many of us, and, and I put myself in here way too much of the time, approach God assuming that God agrees with us. Yeah. When Brian's point here is mm-hmm. really lifting up the humility aspect of of faith yes. and of coming to Scripture, it is not about proving that God agrees with us. It's not about coming with an agenda, as we talked about in the last chapter. It's about coming with a humble heart yep, and and admitting admitting that we can only s- see things through our limited perspective, and they're one of the one of the realities of the postmodern world that I really like is it's it's all about perspective. You know, if you see six, I see nine. Yeah. Right? So instead of denying that you're right or um the the postmodern would say, really, so you see six, tell me, what is what does it look like from mm-hmm. your perspective? Yeah. It's about It's not about denying what somebody else sees as real. It's about trying to understand what somebody else sees as real.
0: Yep. Excellent. Yep. Um, uh, My professor in seminary and talking about that and talking about theology and how we approach God, he always described it as looking at a looking at a bowl of fruit mm-hmm. and light's going to hit it in different angles and wherever so we're looking at it and we're going to see the apple or the pear from this angle mm. or banana and someone across from me is going to see it in a whole different way yep. so it's just to begin by just acknowledging that. that's a great analogy just acknowledge too. it start yeah. there so to add to your point what, what brian says um Uh, He says, that's why it's important for us to remain humble as we read the Bible, not to seek ammunition for the side of an argument we already stand on, but to seek the wisdom that comes when we humbly listen to all the different voices arising in the biblical library. Mm -hmm. He says, wisdom er er emerges from the conversation among these voices, voices we could arrange in five broad categories, priests, prophets, poets, sages, Storytellers.
1: Yeah, I loved that. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard it put quite that way. Yep. I mean, definitely, there's the priests and there's the prophets, but you know, it's true. There's there's poets. There are sages and and there are storytellers. Yep. It's it's really really nice summation of it. He ends, and he. By the way, just to yeah. build on what you just said, I mean he's using these words over and over, very intentionally, folks. Well, biblical library and conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, this is now I think like the maybe the seventh or eighth chapter. Yeah, where we're we're hearing those words again, and yeah. I just think that's yeah. that's a powerful that's a powerful approach to understanding scripture. Yep, yeah. it's a library. It's a library of books, historical books, poetic books, prophetic books, story books. And, and the, it's a conversation.
0: Yep. And it's a humble conversation. And the a need for yes. the humility is so needed um, today. Amen. And so Brian ends by saying, To be alive is to seek wisdom in this great conversation, and to keep it going today. Could it be that we are doing just that here and now, walking this road in conversation together? Mm. Well said. Amen. You can find us uh, at TowsonPress.org. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Towson Press. You can find us along with TPC and Sunday mornings at 830 and 10. And you can find us next week in next week's podcast, we will look, we will dive into the season of advent.
1: Until hey. then, have a great Thanksgiving everybody. See you soon.